Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I'm overjoyed to be with you. I've been away for about a month, and it's great to be back to talk to you about our Lord and our journey together to know love and bring love into this world. So what's really exciting to me today is that our gospel lesson is about the transfiguration. And we actually listened to the Transfiguration a couple of times in, in the year. We listened to it in Lent, and we listened to it now. And what the Transfiguration is, is when Jesus takes the three disciples, uh, Peter, James, and John, up on a high mountain. This is right after Peter has confessed that Jesus is the Messiah, and Jesus has told his disciples for the first time, how he's going to have to suffer and die in Jerusalem. They go up on the mountain, and uh, the three of them with Jesus, and there Jesus is transformed. His face is transformed into light, and his clothes, as they describe it in each one of the Gospels, become brilliant white. And the disciples have this intense and amazing experience with Jesus as they go off and pray with him. So, this is what our story is about today, and I want to start by reading um, a, uh, a prayer that we have in the Episcopal Church for this Sunday, which I think is just absolutely gorgeous. So let's just take a minute to settle down. Uh, yes. And let us pray. Oh, God who on the holy mountain revealed to chosen witnesses your well-beloved Son, wonderfully transfigured in raiment white and glistening. Mercifully grant that we, being delivered from the disquietude of this world, by faith behold the King in his beauty, who with you, O Father, and you, O Holy Spirit, lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Oh, man. Delivered from the disquietude of this world, let us listen to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, the cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. So this 
adventure up the mountain for prayer alone before Jesus enters Jerusalem for his death is incredibly powerful. And I want to suggest that it's more for Peter, James, and John than it actually is for Jesus. We know that back at Jesus' baptism, when he came out of the water in each one of the gospel lessons, the voice comes up and says, You are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, or in whom I, am, I delight. With the baptism, God is speaking directly to Jesus and encouraging Jesus and helping Jesus know the intense relationship and never forget the intense relationship that he has with the Father. But here, the voice says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him in whom I delight. Listen to him. So we can take it from there and from the whole conversation about the disciples coming up and the fact that mostly the story centers on their experience and what they see than it does on what's actually happening to Jesus. So there's a twofold thing happening. There's a powerful thing happening with Jesus that teaches us about our relationship with God and about God's love for us. It's also, though, a very extremely important lesson for us as followers as we see what Peter, James, and John were taught. And I would first say, before we go any farther, when we listen to these readings, the interesting thing is, is that there's two times in the story with Jesus where the three of them, Peter, James, and John, uh, are with Jesus when he's in deep prayer and communion with God, uh, this time at the mountain, and then the second time we hear the story, as I think I mentioned before, here at the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is praying to God, and, and he asks God at that time, Father, if you could take this cup from me, take it, but your will, not my will, be done. So in both moments, these are intense moments of communion for Jesus with God, and we see the disciples and their behavior, and while they're managing this very powerful experience. So what can we say about this? I think one thing I want to point out is that this is really about depth of our faith and our trust in God and how that faith and trust evolves in us through our prayer life in particular. In both cases, we see Jesus revealing an incredibly intentional and intimate relationship with God in prayer. He goes alone, set aside to pray and meditate. We become so united with God in oneness that we see radiant light. We see him transformed. And the power of that transformation, I think, is a place we want to just look for a moment. That union in prayer and meditation that creates the deep, awareness that we are one with God and God is one with us and God is moving through us to give us what our heart's deepest desire is as we walk in love in Christ. So in this case, we see Jesus up on the mountain and we don't know exactly what he wants from his prayer directly. It doesn't say what he's saying to God but it says that he's in, he's in prayer and meditation and his body transforms into just pure radiant light. 
And one of the things that if we remember from Genesis, and if we think about existence on this plane, is that everything that is made, everything that we can see, is made from something that we can't see. It's made from the Word of God. It's made from radiant light. And it's hard for us to put our mind around that. But if you imagine that Jesus, who was took on human form, who was made in human form, that moment of communion on the mountain with God, the truth that he was filled with radiant light was revealed to the disciples. And not only was it revealed that Jesus is made from radiant light, glory, glorious light and love of God, but that we also, each one of us, are made from that radiant light. That's what we're made from. And we see also there's many things to be said about Elijah and Moses, but imagine that this revelation that we are made, Jesus is made from this radiant light, and, and he carries that radiant light fully in his body uh, as he gives his life over for love. We, as he reveals that in himself, it's done with those present from the past, Moses and Elijah, for those present with with Christ in the very moment on earth when Christ was here, and then also for those in the future, for the disciples who will carry on and bring the message forward after Jesus has returned to the Father. So what we see is that this this proclaimed message that we are made from the radiant, glorious, loving light of God, meant to bring that light into the world, is shown in this story as from age, from the past, from the very beginning, through the present, into the future. And our call is to trust in that, to trust how much God loves us. And we see this in what Jesus does after he comes down from the mountain. He tells them not to say anything. They have to dwell in silence. They, they can't possibly fathom. None of us could fathom that kind of transformation. When something profound like that happens, you can barely speak of it. The point is, is that they speak of it after the huge phenomenon of his death and resurrection occur, because now it makes sense. They say, look, we know eternally that God loves us with everything, and if, if, we, if we seek to go after what God calls us to, if we pray fervently and seek to know the oneness of that radiant light within us, asking for what we truly want in the name of Christ, what we really want in the name of love, that ultimately we will be given the means to achieve our goals. So Jesus's goal is to love the world and save the world and break the illusion that we aren't connected to love and we aren't radiant beings and we aren't eternal. He seeks to break that illusion and he's given all the means he needs to suffer what he has to suffer, to go to death on the cross for all of the broken illusions that we have, and then to break them and show us that life, radiant life, is more beautiful and more profoundly translucent than we could ever imagine, and it's eternal, and we can bring all the love that Christ brings into the world on our very own because Christ dwells in us, that light, that energy. That's his intention and his desire, and that's what he's brought forth, and thousands of years later, that still comes forward. But what does that mean for you and me? It means for us to know that 
the one who loves us, the God who loves us through Jesus Christ shows us that we are made from the same dazzling, glorious light and we can trust. And as we go off in our time and intentionally pray and meditate with all the faith we can have in that which is unseen, all the faith that we can have, we can know that our prayers will be answered. So this morning, as you think about our sovereign God who loves us so much, I want to invite you to ask yourself, what do you really want? Like Jesus, what do you really want? What Who do you want to bring God's love with to? Where do you want to see that transforming love grow in the world? Do you want to see it grow in yourself? Do you want to see it grow in the people around you? Do you want to see it grow in the healing of the earth? Wherever you want it, begin to pray and trust as you remember how Jesus was transformed, knowing that that same glorious light is in you and that God wants to give you all the means that you need to accomplish the goal that you ask, that you want to bring the love of God into the world right where you are in your life this day. And always trust and believe in God and in his presence and his light and his love in you to help you accomplish everything you want in the name of love. Sovereign in the mountain air, sovereign on the ocean floor, with me in the calm, with me in the storm, sovereign. Don't